And then God is good, isn't he? All the time. God is good. Well, if you've sat down in a pew this morning and uh, on, on the ends of each aisle, we have placed some tools for you. And so this morning, before we jump into God's word, I want to invite you into a journey this morning. You see a couple different things. If you received your bulletin, you can get that out and get ready to take some notes. There's another tool that we've given you that is a cross point devotional guide that I've created um, for you for this Lenten season. And this devotional guide, uh, this is a journey that I am personally taking, and I want to invite you to join me. And so on this guide, you'll see it kind of separated into four different sections with a fifth section that intersects, that brings us to that cross point section. And what it means is that in each day, you would spend some time in a specific verse, and you can find those verses in your bulletin. So if you didn't get a bulletin and you want to go through that together, or it's on the guide as well, we've printed it there for you. There's Each week there will be a psalm, there will be a New Testament reading, an Old Testament reading, and a gospel reading. And then on Friday, or whichever day you choose, I don't want to be legalistic about this if you want to join me on this journey, you can intersect those points. So what God has been revealing to you in Scripture, you can find the connecting points in all of those and, and journey through this Lenten season with me. There's also a, a book there, a devotional book uh, uh, on by O.S. Hawkins, and it's a great tool as well to help us to understand what this journey to the cross was like for Jesus, and as we go through that together as a body of believers. And so I want to just encourage you, this is not a, a form for me to say, hey, you need to do better in your devotional life. That's not what I'm saying. I want to invite you to come with me on this journey. I found it so rewarding this week in reading the text for this week. And then each week as you read those texts and you go through those scripture, um, you'll find that it will lead you right here to Sunday morning as we preach God's word from those texts, from one of those texts each week. And so we're looking forward to that. If you happen to follow that uh, reading plan already, uh, thank you. You'll probably find some familiar notes from this morning as well as we begin this journey together. And so as you can see, we're starting this, this series, this Lenten series called Sacred Invitation. And we're going to focus on this idea that we are being invited to join Jesus on this journey. And so I want to invite you on this journey to go with me. But I want to ask you this question as I was thinking about invitations, uh, there's certain things that we get invited to that are that are fun and enjoyable. There's certain things that we get invited to that if you're if you're honest with yourself and, and with us today, I'm not going to make you raise your hand or, or confess anything. But you've probably received an invitation at some point along the journey where you just weren't too thrilled to receive it. And you didn't want to RSVP. You didn't want to make that invitation come true. But I want, to, I want you to ask this question of yourself today. What is the best invitation you have ever been given? What is the best invitation you have ever been given? I want to share about an invitation I received as a, as a young boy. I was uh, growing up in Pueblo, Colorado, and we shared a little bit about Pueblo this week with, with my good friend Lynette being here from Pueblo. Uh, one of those invitations I got, as, and I can't remember what grade it was, but I was just a little guy, and I remember being invited to a skating, roller skating birthday party. 
Has anybody ever been to a birthday party of roller skating? Few of you, okay. I was so excited because what I thought about as a young boy being invited to this birthday party was that I was finally being included. That I had some friends I didn't realize I had. So I was pretty excited about this. Until I realized I didn't know how to skate. And then I was terrified. But I wanted to go to the party. I wanted to go to the skating rink. And I wanted to spend time with my friends. And so I accepted the invitation. And I went to the party. And I started getting my skates together. And I was sitting off to the side. And I was tying my skates. And then I got my skates tied. And I just sat there. And this party was about a two-hour stretch, I remember. And I remember just sitting there on the side for what seemed like the entire two hours. Because I didn't know how to skate. I was scared of it. Well, then all of a sudden, somebody comes skating around the floor and they saw me sitting there and they come in and they stop and sit down right next to me. And it was one of my friends. And this friend of mine began to talk to me about how easy this was. How much fun it was. How if I would just go and give it a try, that it would be okay. Well, this friend of mine was actually the person whose birthday party it was. And this friend of mine, she actually said to me, she goes, come with me, I will teach you how to skate. Of all the people in the skating rink that shouldn't have had to teach me how to skate, it should have been the birthday girl, right? She didn't have to worry about that. But she spent the next few minutes teaching me how to roller skate. And I will tell you this, she was a good teacher because I can still roller skate better than my kids today. Ain't that right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it was was a good time, but it was one of those invitations that I'll, I'll strictly remember because I was filled with joy to be invited, but then I quickly realized the suffering that was about to come. Have you ever been invited to something And it was not going to be something of great joy. At first glimpse, it seemed like suffering. It probably didn't want to accept that invitation. So then I want to ask you this question. Do you ever look forward to suffering? Do you ever look forward to suffering? You see, I don't know too many people that enjoy suffering. I probably wouldn't go and sign up for suffering unless I knew there was going to be victory on the other end. I don't know about you, but I'd rather experience the mountaintops than the valleys. I'd rather go through the times of great joy than to deal with the times of great sorrow and suffering. But I believe there's sometimes that we must endure the suffering in order to see the victory that God has for us. Amen? So we may not enjoy suffering. I think we would rather have victory today. And I want us to talk about that today from our, from our gospel text this morning. From Mark's gospel, chapter 1 is where we're going to be. And so I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles there, or flip to it on your device, whatever you use to read Scripture this morning. Mark chapter 1. And we're going to see that God is inviting Jesus for something big, something life-changing, something miraculous. Something that would forever change the world. Mark chapter 1, I want to begin reading with verse number 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. You can follow along on the screen as we read together. 
One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. Later on, John was arrested. Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, Jesus announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. Today, as we embrace this season of Lent, we need to realize and understand, even embrace the fact this morning, that this invitation that we're being invited to is an invitation for everyone. Would you pause for a moment and let's pray together. Father God, we love you today. We thank you for the truth of your word. And God, I thank you for this calling, this invitation, this prodding that you've given to us. As we unpack your word today, God, I pray that it would be your word that speaks to our hearts, that you would soften our hearts to receive what you have for us today. And as we receive it, as we listen to it, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be courageous enough to do something with it, to be doers of your word. God, would you have this time? Use it for your glory and honor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pause real quick. I want to invite some other things to happen on this theme of invitation. Before we go too much further, I want to ask you something. Pastor Terry this week invited us to become new wineskins so that God could pour new wine into us and be used new. So I want to invite you to do something new with me today. Some people have asked me over the years in ministry, Pastor, I just don't really know how to share my faith. I don't really know how to invite somebody to come along on this journey with me. And so I just want to do something this morning, if you would. If you're watching online, I want you to do something for me as well. Participate with us. If you have a smartphone that is connected to Facebook, would you just raise it up? If you have a smartphone that's connected to Facebook, would you just raise it up? If you're watching online on YouTube or Facebook, go ahead and hit that share button right next to your screen. You can share that to your page. If you have Facebook, this is the one time I'm giving you permission to use Facebook in church. Amen? Use Facebook and share our live broadcast right now. Just go ahead and share it to your page. And guess what you just did? You just invited somebody to join you on this journey. Amen? That's new wine for us, folks. That's new wine for us today in a new wineskin. The invitation for us is for everyone today. It's for all of us, and we need to realize that all of us are included in this. Sometimes I think there's invitations that we don't get. There's times when I wasn't invited to the party, and I wonder if I wasn't invited due to things that were my own causing. Maybe it's because of the own problems I have in my life, or my own insecurities, or maybe there's those ideas and those thoughts in my head that maybe I'm just not good enough. But I want you to see something today from our invitation, even the invitation for Jesus. 
the first thing I want us to see today is that your past does not limit you for this invitation. Your past does not limit you. You see, we see right away in Mark talking about Jesus' invitation, we see him talk about Jesus' past. In verse 9 of our text, it says, One day Jesus came from Nazareth. Why is that so important? Why does that have to be in this text? Why do we have to know where Jesus is coming from? The first thing I want to tell you in contemporary terms, this is my interpretation, Nazareth was on the wrong side of the tracks. Nazareth was known for being a place where nothing good came from Nazareth. You all know that kind of place. You've been to some of those places. You've been to a place that is just run down, that has a reputation of only bad has come from this place. Only negative things happen in Nazareth. Here's what I need us to see, though, about Jesus and this call and this invitation on his life. So many people probably believe and their theology is shaped to think that Jesus didn't have a choice in living out his plan that God had for him. But I'm here to tell you something different. As I studied this, this passage, the reason Mark tells us where Jesus is coming from is because Jesus has just spent 30 years in Nazareth, give or take. And Nazareth, of all the places, he's just spent 30 years becoming the man of Jesus. He's been a carpenter. He's been helping his father. He's been helping his mother. He's been raised in Nazareth. As we believe Jesus was fully God and fully man, he was spending those first 30 years really being fully man. And in this moment, John is preaching the good news and Jesus comes out to the Jordan River before his ministry has begun and he wants to be baptized by John. And this really is because of God's invitation to Jesus to say, Jesus, you are my son. I'm sending you to earth to be fully God and fully man, to be the perfect sacrifice for these people so we can be reunited in right relationship again. And Jesus, for 30 years, could decide if he's going to go through with this or not. We believe that Jesus had a choice. That Jesus had a choice to make. And by him going to the river that day to be baptized by John, Jesus is saying, I'm accepting this invitation. I'm accepting this call on my life, God the Father. And Jesus goes down into the water and he's baptized and as he's brought out of the water, the heavens open up. Some translations said the heavens were rended. They were ripped apart. And God the Father sends the Holy Spirit. This is one of those places in Scripture where we see the Trinity all in one place. God, Son, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. And God the Father speaks the words to Jesus. You are my Son. With you, you bring me great joy. Wow. Wow. You see, Jesus was saying yes to this invitation. I don't think it was an accident that Joseph and Mary raised Jesus in this town of Nazareth. This gives Jesus a past. This gives Jesus by guilt of association. You always heard your parents say, be careful who you run around with. 
you're guilty by who you're who you're hanging out with, right? Your friends are just as bad. Some of you parents have said that, right? A couple of you, okay. I remember hearing that. Be careful who, who you run around with. They'll influence you. So Jesus is raised with this past, and it's no accident because God the Father is saying, Jesus, you're in Nazareth, and now I'm bringing you out of Nazareth because your past is no longer going to hinder you. Your past is not going to be an issue anymore. How many of us still hold to our past? And even though God has forgiven our sins and forgiven our past, we hang on to it like a badge of honor. Man, all I've been through, all I did, all this, all that. Or sometimes we hold on to it like, I can't do that. I can't be invited to this because of all that. And what God's trying to get us to see is, guess what? Your past doesn't limit you anymore. Your past is in the past. Amen? Some of you need to hear that today. Your past does no longer, it has no longer has control over you. Your past doesn't have to creep up anymore. Your past is gone. I'm so glad that I woke up this morning because yesterday evening I was not feeling great I just was tired and when I woke up this morning my wife the first thing she said to me was how you feeling I said I feel great I'm so glad that I don't have to live in the past of not feeling good that's simple that's simple but it's it's recent for me I don't have to let last night's tiredness and 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 weariness affect me today I'm so glad that when I was running from a call from God that God doesn't remind me of that every time I get up here to preach. Why? Because the past doesn't limit me anymore. It doesn't have a hold on me anymore. And Jesus is telling us, He's teaching us, your past is in the past. We must leave it there. We must leave the past behind us. So another part of this invitation, we realize that we've got to come through our past, but then Right away, we see in our text that this invitation brings us to a place where we will face a wilderness. Jesus has been baptized. He's had a mountaintop experience. He's beginning this new season of life. And this same mountaintop experience that he's just had, it's a commitment to walk God's plan for his life. And immediately... He's taken into the wilderness. You know, I think it's so fitting that, that you and I, if you've been baptized, you've probably experienced the same thing. You know, we believe in the Church of the Nazarene that baptism is an outward sign for everybody to see what God is doing on the inside of our life. That He's changed us, that He's cleansed us, that He's, that he's removed our sin, and we're committing to God and to the world that we are going to live for Him. It's a mountaintop experience. We celebrate it, Amen. And that I guarantee you there's probably more people this happens to than not. They come out of the water and by the time they get to the restrooms in the hallway, the enemy's already beating them up. The enemy's reminding them of their past. They're about to enter a wilderness. They've gone from the extreme high moment with God and immediately they're taken into the wilderness. And this wilderness is an invitation 
It's an invitation because we see that the Holy Spirit in this translation says compelled Jesus to go. Other translations say this, at once, immediately, right away, the Holy Spirit compelled, led, instructed. There's, there's many different verbs that are used here, but the gist of it is, is that the Holy Spirit said to Jesus, come on now, you need to go and be tempted. Why? Because you're taking on the sin, which you have none, of all the people of the world, you need to understand what they're going to be going through. And Jesus enters into the wilderness. And so many times we think the wilderness is a negative thing. Because we tend to focus on the person who's shooting the arrows at us. We, we go into the wilderness and we think, I don't want to go into the wilderness. I don't want to be there because that's negative. That's hard. That's not a good place. But really what this really needs to be, and I want us to see this today, it's an invitation to encounter God in the wilderness. Jesus is allowing the Holy Spirit to lead him into the wilderness. Why? Because he realizes this is an invitation that I get to connect with the Father. I get to connect with the Father. And it's the same things in our lives. We commit to go and to follow God, and Satan begins to bring on the war in our lives. He tries to take away our validation from baptism of being made new in Christ, and he tries to take it away. But in this wilderness, we are invited to encounter God. We see the same invitation throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Moses was running for his life. He had, he had literally killed a man in Egypt. And when he's found out, he runs for his life. He leaves his home. He leaves all that he knows. And he goes to a place where he's told that's where he's from. And he goes out and he's, he's become a shepherd. He's become the lowest. He's, he's out there alone. He's in the literal wilderness, we read. And then one day as he's out in the wilderness, he turns and he sees the burning bush. And it's God inviting him to have an encounter. The literal wilderness. Then we see that Moses goes back to Egypt. He leads the Israelites out of slavery. And the Israelites just go back and forth and all of this stuff's going on. And they literally are taken into the wilderness to wander for 40 years. And there's many times in those 40 years that God is trying to get their attention and say, guess what, guys? I want you to encounter me. I want you to understand that I've got you in this. And they're going through the wilderness and they get mad. You ever get mad when things aren't going your way? Boy, Moses, I wish you would have just left us there that we at least got to eat back there. Yeah, but you were in slavery. Yeah, I know, but boy, that was good food. just doesn't make sense. But see, God provided manna from heaven. Then they got mad. They said, you know what? I need a little bit more. Do we ever get greedy with God? God, I know you've taken care of me to this point, but man, I could really use a nice new fill in the blank. Hmm. God says, okay, you want more? Here's some quail for you. I'll give you some meat to eat. You're no longer a vegetarian and have to eat this manna, this sweet bread from heaven. I'll give you some bird to eat. Hmm. Oh, that's good for a day or two. Then they complain again. None of you have ever been there. I know that. And then even going further, 
the Israelites are wandering in the desert. And God says, you know what? I'm your journey into the promised land that I promised to give you. And when you doubt me, I'm going to put a pillar of cloud by day and I'm going to give you fire by night so you know I'm with you. Well, that's not even good enough. Wow. This invitation in the wilderness is an invitation to count, encounter God. But you've got to see something here. The wilderness is not a choice. See, in the New Testament, James writes about it. He says, you will face trouble. You will face trials. You will go through this. Dare we say, you will experience wilderness moments in your life. It's a guarantee. But these wilderness moments are invitations from God to us saying, you don't have to endure the wilderness alone. I am here with you. I am here with you. You see, God is inviting us into the wilderness in these moments in our life because he wants to get our attention. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I believe that he sent Jesus into the wilderness because he wanted to get his attention. What does he want to get our attention about? I believe this. God's invitation to us is to get our attention because he has something special for us. He has something for you and for me that's bigger than we could ever imagine. He has, he has something that's so good, that's so rich, that's so much better than anything we've ever experienced. But he's got to get our attention. God help us. So I believe that the invitation for us to encounter God is a reminder that you are going to go through the wilderness. But what are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on God's presence or are you going to focus on all the problems and the hardship in the wilderness? You see, when we're tested, we continue to choose. We get to choose to be in God's presence and to see that he's got validation for us. Or we get to choose to not accept the invitation. The choice is up to us. Are we going to choose God's presence or not? Are we going to choose God's presence or not? Finally, the thing that we need to learn in this invitation is this invitation from God gives us the validation in our life that only can come from God. The validation that can only come from God. Jesus came out of the water in his baptism and he hears this great validation from his father. You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. You see, sometimes we face certain things in our life where the enemy, Satan, wants to remind us of our past. He did the same thing with Jesus. You're from Nazareth. Nobody's going to think you're this great king. He does the same thing with you. You go into the wilderness and the enemy comes and he meets you right there and says, you're not good enough for this. You can't walk with Jesus. Don't you remember what you did last night? Don't you remember what you spend your free time on? Don't you remember what you said to your spouse or your kids? Don't you remember the past? Don't you remember all the bad things you've done? And the enemy comes in and he tries to take away the validation that only God gives us. But so many times, we're seeking validation from all these other things. We're seeking validation from having our past dealt with. 
Well, if I can just overcome this in my past, I'll be a better person and I can move forward. Or if I can just have this person like my social media account this many times, or I can have this many followers, then I'm going to be validated that I'm something special. I've gotten to the point in my own life, and my kids know this about me, I have to tell myself sometimes, you know what, BJ, you're kind of a big deal. It's become a joke in our house. But why is that? Because my past tells me I'm not. And I'll go through a wilderness, and the enemy tries to beat me down and take away the validation that comes only from God. Because I'm here to tell you this morning, folks, you will get no validation that means anything except this same validation. You are God's dearly loved child. You are His. You are the reason this entire thing is taking place. You are the reason that Jesus was sent to the earth. You and only you. You are the reason that Jesus made the decision to come out of Nazareth to go into the wilderness. You. Why? Because God says you are my dearly loved child. And you bring me great joy. Wow. We need to realize today that our validation is something that only God gives us. And that validation comes as Jesus declares at the end of our text, repent of your sins and believe the good news. When we do this, when we give our heart and our life to God and we start this journey, you're going to face the wilderness. Satan's going to remind you of the past. But when you say, God, I'm sorry, my life is yours. I say yes to you. I surrender all, whatever you want to say there. God looks down and he says to you, you are my dearly loved child. You bring me great joy. Wow. You bring God great joy. Somebody needs to hear that today. You've been struggling with reminders of your past. You've been struggling because you feel like this wilderness is never going to end. You need to know today, your validation comes from God and God alone. You bring Him great joy. You are His. You know, we're all being invited on this journey. It's a journey with God. And when we repent and we believe the good news that Jesus came and that He died for our sins, that we can have life with God because of that. This sacred invitation changes everything. Changes everything. But sometimes you get that invitation to the skating party and you don't know how to skate. Maybe you're getting that invitation from God that says, you know what, I want you to do something great for me. But it's scary. It's unknown. It's something that we don't have all the answers to yet. But God says, you are my child and you bring me great joy. Sometimes the invitation is scary. Sometimes the invitation involves going to the wilderness and 
facing the hard times. Sometimes the invitation means I got to step off of the bench and put the skate on the floor. It's not natural. It's, it doesn't feel right. I don't understand why somebody would put wheels on a shoe. It doesn't, I just don't get it. We don't understand it sometimes, but God says, you know what? You're going to face hard times. You may even fall and it's going to hurt. But I want to invite you to come on this journey with me because I have something special for you. Why? Because you're my child. You're my dearly loved child. And you bring me great joy. Sometimes the invitation is scary. Sometimes it involves going into the wilderness. But the invitation always comes with a choice. So today, the question we must reflect on is, will you accept this invitation to encounter God? God wants to help us through the wilderness. I believe personally, and this is, this is just a side note, I believe God is taking us, as Michelle shared earlier, our church through a time where it seems like it's the wilderness, folks. It seems like we're going to go through some times that are going to be hard. It seems like that, that, yeah, we've come through 2020, but it doesn't mean the hardships are over. And we can focus on the hardships, we can focus on the bad things, or we can focus on the things that we just don't understand, or we can focus on the invitation that says, PCN, I'm here for you. I will help you. I will go with you. Why? Because you're my dearly loved child. And you bring me great joy. Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, you are so good to us. May we never lose sight of this sacred invitation. An invitation not for trials and hardships, but it's an invitation to encounter the living God. As we leave this place today, may we rest in the understanding and the promise that we are your dearly loved children. And when we repent of our sins and commit our lives to you and believe the good news, we bring you great joy. Help us, God, to live in the invitation, the invitation from you. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you go today, Go knowing God loves you and so do I. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 6.30.